Hi, everybody. It's Joe Lorenzo with Society Talks. I am here with the lovely, amazing Dee Wallace. Hi, Dee. Hello, baby. How are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you dealing with all of this? Everyone should know that we are not actually in, I usually do this in a studio in Hollywood and we're not actually together. We are social distancing. We are doing this online and I, and it saddens me, it saddens me because I wanted to see you so bad and give you a big hug, but how are you I doing? I know, I know. Me too, you. I'm doing great, actually. You know, I, um, I have a whole healing practice where I teach the power of choosing your own thoughts and... Uh, really being responsible in your own life for, well, what you focus on. And so I'm, I'm choosing to focus on all the positive things that are happening, people coming together, the enormous outburst of creativity, uh, the amazing um, heart of the human race that's coming together to help each other, the time we have to look within and go, wow, I was kind of in a rat race there, wasn't I? So there's yeah. a, a lot of positives, of course. You know, we have empathy and and um, some sadness for those people that have been so... Affected, yeah. Yeah, incredibly affected. But also so much appreciation for all the workers and the healthcare workers and you know, just all of us getting each other through. Right? Yeah. I want to, I definitely want to talk about that because I have a personal experience from the healing with you, but I want to kind of start at the beginning. I want to, um, you know, I mean, some people you guys would know her. I mean, everybody, we, I think this is probably a trope that everybody trots out is the, you know, you being e the mom in ET and being in Cujo and things like that. But let's start, I mean, even further, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Kansas City, Kansas, baby, and I was there all the way up until I was about 26, the end of my year uh, there, and moved to New York by myself to start my fame and fortune, and the rest is kind of history. How did you How did you choose New York over L.A.? Um, you know, I, I'm not really sure. I... <laughs> It's kind of how I do everything, Joe, and you knowing me will appreciate this more. But I I go a lot on instinct, yeah. and I kind of let my heart guide me, um, even in all the work that I do. And um, New York just felt better to me. New York just felt like um, where I should be. And it, it was a great choice of mine because it, it really, first of all, taught me how powerful I was through my naivete and trust, that old good old Midwestern naivete and trust thing. Um, but also, New York, it's a lot easier to make connections. Everybody's on the street. Everybody's talking yeah. There's so much interaction going on. Um, and uh, as a matter of fact, the second day I was there, I went into a coffee shop and I was trying to read the map that taught me how to use, you know, all the buses and the, the subways. subways. And yeah, yeah, yeah. This lovely guy came over to me and said, 
you look like you just landed here. And I thought, well, there's an opening line for you. (laughs) (laughs) But we became fast friends. He sat down there, right there in the moment for two hours, taught me how to do the subway system and everything, taught me, gave me, you know, back then we had answering services, helped me get hooked up with an answering service. I mean, he taught me kind of the ropes of just how to get around. And that's kind of, really, that's kind of how my life goes, is I'm led to where I'm supposed to be at the time I'm supposed to be there. And what brought you, go ahead, sorry. Well, well, right. I, go, go, on. Ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll shut up. Go on. No, no, no. I was going to say, what brought you to Los Angeles then? Well, I actually danced my way um, across Los Angeles as a Kugel peanut. What's a Kugel um, peanut? Well, it, there was <laughs> Kugel peanut butter had just come out. And, uh, you know, industrial shows, uh, I happened to have started out as a dancer. So industrial shows were a great way that gypsies uh, in New York could make extra money. Well, I landed, the first one I landed was the biggest one, which was called the Millican Show. I thought I died and gone to heaven. We got to keep all our clothes and I was never paid so much money in my life. And, um, and then I got the Oldsmobile show, and then I got the Kugel peanut butter show, and we literally took it uh, across America to different cities. And I got out here and called a couple of people that I knew from New York that had come out, and you know they said, "Well, I'll send you in to see my theatrical agent if you'll send me in to see your commercial agent who." Uh- had signed me out here and then so we traded and we both got signed by the other people and um yeah and that's how I got to LA and I you know there was a big joke at the time where the actor from New York and the actor from California met in the Midwest and said go back go back there's no work (laughs) (laughs) you know But here I am, and it's worked out pretty well for me so far. And then when did you get what – was, what was your first job, like major theatrical job besides <clears throat> the Google peanut butter? My, my first job was – I literally – you'll love this story, Joe. I – you know, it was really hard to get onto the lots, and yeah. I – you needed to meet casting directors personally and that was before anybody was doing any of these workshops or anything so i i uh, went to my good old kansas roots and when you want to meet somebody new in the neighborhood what do you do you bake cookies and you take them cookies so i baked a whole bunch of chocolate chip cookies and i wrapped them all up and i went to the guard gate and I said, hi, I have deliveries. And he went, okay, go on through. <laughs> oh so, my God. Yeah. So I took, um, a, a big, beautiful wrap thing of cookies to all the casting directors. And the last casting director was the head of casting Ruben Cannon. And he happened to come out as I was leaving his cookies and he said oh chocolate chip cookies they're my favorites come on in let's talk 
while I was in talking to him, he gets a call from the studio that the girl who was supposed to play the waitress in Lucas Tanner that day called in sick at the last minute. What the heck should they do? He covered the phone and he looked at me and he said, what size do you wear? I said, what size do you need, honey? (laughs) (laughs) He said, can you fit into a four? I said, yes. God, Joe, I didn't know I could get into a four, but I stuffed myself into that little cocktail (laughs) outfit. And that was my, my first, uh, Role in Hollywood. And then somebody, one of my friends, directors, was shooting Streets of San Francisco. And uh, again, they needed the girl to open the show who was literally getting raped on camera. And um, he said, oh, my God, my friend Dee Wallace just came out. She's a great dramatic actress. You know, we'd been in class together. And so the guy just hired me. And that was my second uh, gig. So at least I had the beginning of a reel, you know? Wow. Yeah. And and then what about E.T. and Cujo and all of that? When did that come? Well, I did a lot of movies of the week. Um, My first. They don't really do anymore, right? They don't. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, it was the golden age of movies on TV. I mean, and I. You know, I was there and just hit it perfectly, was the right look. I could do all the emotional work that was so prevalent back then. But uh, I studied with Charles Conrad, my mentor, and we did a scene night for agents and producers and stuff. And um, a casting director was there and had me come in and read for a religious film that she was doing, which I ended up doing. It was a tour de force role of a battered wife of an alcoholic husband. Mm. And um, I was friends with the director and I said, look, I, I really need to get an agent. How can I get them to see this film? Well, we didn't have downloads. We didn't have Dropbox. We didn't have, and that guy said to me, D, I will fly out and bring the cans and you set up a, a screening for the film. Wow. And he did. Everybody, Joe, said to me, oh, my God, D, you cannot show a religious film to agents in Hollywood. They'll laugh you out of the room. I said, well, if they can't see my work, in the middle of a religious film. I don't want him to rep me anyway. And do you know, I invited, I think, 12 agents and nine of them wanted to sign me. Wow. So, you know, you just got to believe in yourself, believe in your work and throw it out there. And the people who are a good match respond and the people who go, I'm not going to see a religious film, don't come and you get the agent you're supposed to have. Yeah, and you don't want them anyway, exactly. That's right. Yeah. So then, um, what was it like working, let's say, with um, um, Steven Spielberg? Let's, you know, I mean, somebody, you worked with some great people, but what was it like I working with Steven? Have worked you with a lot. Like- What'd you say? Well, oh. I've worked with a lot of the great of the greats. You know, my first great was Blake Edwards. Mm. And um, I got that 
because Lynn Stallmaster, the casting director, was watching TV. Blake had said, that's it. Tomorrow's the last day of auditions. I really haven't found who I want, but we're going to have to make a decision. And he happened to see me playing the hooker in Lou Grant. And they called me in that morning. Thank God for the technique I have. And I ran over to 20th Century Fox and auditioned for Blake and Lynn. And before I got to the car, they had booked me. So that was my really first big film. Um, You know, what's it like to work for Steven Spielberg? Uh, I got to say, quite honestly, yin and yang. Uh, Great, incredible, phenomenal director. Uh, Has an incredible way of uh, picking the right talent for the right part. And knowing how to and being open to working different ways with different actors because you know joe we all work differently all of us and um and yet there were you know like any movie there's a lot of challenges Uh, god my god i don't think i ever have sat around on a set longer than i did on et like weeks that, I mean, it's like, well, we got you, we bought you, so we have you, so you got to be here. Yeah, uh, well, which yeah, is for people who don't know that, you know, the, I mean, that's one of the things. Like, I've produced movies, you know, you were in one of them, but like, I hate to be on set because there is a lot of downtime. There is a lot of like waiting for the next shot. I don't know, you know, if it's the scheduling or whatever it is, but it's. But granted, it'll give you time to work on your material, but my gosh, I got like, I, I don't like being idle that long. Oh so. my God, I wanted to kill myself. I did. <laughs> and oh. I mean, I, I needle pointed the biggest pillow I think anybody's ever needle pointed while I was sitting <laughs> in my room. You know, and we were at Culver City Studios in the oldest studios in Hollywood. I did not even have a bathroom in my room. And, and we're talking three months, you know, pretty much close to three months of shooting. So in that respect, drove me a little batty. Yeah. But look at the film. Look what we got. Look how it still is affecting the world. You know, it's... Didn't you guys just have an anniversary or something? I thought I saw a picture. Um, how long ago was that? You had an anniversary of the film, no? Well, we had the 20th anniversary uh, years and years and years ago. Actually, the next universe, the anniversary is coming up in two years, I think. It would be 30. So God knows what they're going to do. You know, they just... Well... Yeah. They keep it alive, but the film keeps itself alive, too. It really is our Wizard of Oz, you know. Oh, for sure. For Going to sure. be around I mean, here forever. I think everybody, when you, now that you're social quarantining, if your kids haven't seen it, go get go find it. You can find it anywhere. Find E.T. and watch it. That's oh, one yeah. I've been too, is actually I've been going back to older movies. I mean, I, I, I kind of got, I can't Netflix anymore at this point. No offense, Netflix, but I just I was like, I have to find something else. Overload! Um, I know. My dad and I watched Roxanne the other night. We like, you know, there's some things. He wanted to find something with Barbara Streisand and, um, gosh, but anyway, but it's go back and find it because it is really fun. So, um, well, it's not only fun, but it's exactly the message you need to hear right now. Yeah. Keep your heart open. 
we're all in, if we allow ourselves to be, and it's challenging right now, we're all going in and out of so much fear and that closes your heart and it closes your chakras and then your energy doesn't flow and that creates more fear and you start focusing on the fear and whatever you focus, and this is brain science, this isn't spirituality by itself, whatever you focus on, you create more of in your own individual reality. So I would choose to laugh as much as you can, watch comedies, watch heart-opening movies like Peter Pan and E.T. and The Wizard of Oz, you know, yeah. such great messages. You had the power all along, Dorothy, so you get to choose what you okay. want to focus on right now, everybody. I never even, I mean, look, I, I know sort of the power of what you focus on and putting it out in the universe, but I never even thought, just the fact that you just said you had the power all along, Dorothy, is, that just hit it home. I mean, that's really true. Um, it is really true because, you know, Joe, nobody can think a thought for us. Right. Nobody can feel a feeling for us. Nobody can hold a perspective for us that we don't choose. So that really makes us in charge of ourselves. Yeah. And we've got to be really vigilantly responsible to choose the lightness, choose the love, choose the open heart, choose staying in our knowing that uh, we are creating good. I think that's a great message, especially now, because people can get, I will say this two days ago, uh, we, I've been, I'm at my ha dad's house um, in Jersey and uh, we, uh, uh, just two days ago, it kind of hit me and we, I haven't been in the house in two weeks. I'm doing my part, but it did hit me and it, I, I don't, I didn't know what it was. And I, and I, it wasn't well, like let me explain that to you because I think it's going on with a lot of people. Mass consciousness energy guys comes together and it can make this vortex this tornado which flies around the universe and if you are not very conscious of handling your own energy you get sucked into the vortex that it's as simple as that and so everybody's fear starts permeating the energy as a whole and you pick it up Unless you're conscious enough to go, yeah, yeah, no, I ain't going there. It ain't going to do anybody good, you know, to worry and fret and be in fear. It's just going to create more of it. Mm, that's amazing. Right? So I have to say this. So Dee and I met where um, I was out here and she was teaching an acting class in the basement of a church in Burbank or Toluca Lake over there. And I, a friend of mine said, you got to go check it out. And I said, okay. And so I go, because, um, you know, I mean, you check, check out acting classes as much as you can and whatever one fits, whatever, you know. And so I, I, I go, and I didn't have to do anything. I, I don't know if it, it was, you did, you did ask the auditors to do something or whatever. But Oh, yeah. Everybody had to work. Yeah. yeah. But I just remember sitting there and watching, and you were doing sort of like the, the, the not sort of, you were doing the kinesiology, muscle testing, all that kind of stuff. And I have yeah. to say, I said, what the hell did I just walk into <laughs> the of the church? So then, but but then uh, you did do it on me because I was sort of the end of the class. And I, I truly, 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 not just because I love and adore you and not just because we've been friends for so long, but like, I truly, I left that and I went home and I said, I don't know what the hell just happened, but it changed my life. 
and it it opened wow. up to say look there's there's more than just what i was kind of putting out there or what i was saying on the stage or whatever it was there's more to it there's more to it's your mind it's mind over matter that kind of thing and i and i really did change me cut to um and then I, there is a question here i promise but cut to eight <laughs> years ago i was going through some stuff and i said and i, I think i emailed you or texted you or something and i said you know can you do um can you do, can you clear a block for me or something whatever it was and, and i said can i come see you and you said well i'm not in town but i can do it over the phone and then again i have to say i was like what the hell and you did truly and it's not i you know and you can tell me if i'm wrong but even just in talking to you for the last 20 some odd minutes right now i already feel better i think it's almost just even about the talk too if if i'm if i'm correct in saying it's pinpointing it you know discussing it and then sort of releasing it out there and saying it's you you know you may not have control over it is, is that true or am i speaking well i i just like help everybody discover and remember the truth okay so um i'm i'm a channel i'm a clairaudient channel which means i hear messages sometimes they show me pictures too but my specialty is being able to, and this is what you witnessed in class, look into somebody's energy and see where they're blocked, which is incredibly valuable for actors, especially yeah. if they can't get to the emotional life, you know. But um, I can't tell you how many people from my acting studio, and we're talking 18 years, five classes a week. Wow. And many of them went into the healing arts. A lot of them, of course, are very successful producers and actors out there now also. But, um, you know, like if you have a block in money, I can go into your belief system and tell you what the block is, usually what age and what person in your life um, was the first one to introduce that belief to you so that you can't, so that it's a factual thing that you can deal with. And, you know, Joe, so everything's, yeah. everything's energy. We all learned that in fifth grade. Everything's energy. Energy has to be directed. You, you know, if you want to make ice cubes, you have to, First of all, know you want to make ice cubes. Second of all, put the water in the tray and choose to put it in the freezer in order to get what you want, right? So energy needs direction. And the simplest thing I can say to everybody listening today is if you're not getting what you want, first of all, make sure you know what you want. Second of all, start saying you already have it and that you are open to releasing anything that's in your way uh, around it. And All right. Do you mind just repeating that again? Those are sort of three points that are amazing that people can take away from this. So go ahead. Repeat those well, again. if you know what you don't want, guys, you know what you do want. And that's what you have to focus on. So many times when I say, what do you want? Well, I don't want to have to worry about money. Well, your brain thinks in pictures. So when you say, I don't want to have to worry about money, your brain worries about money. Mm. 
So what do you want? You want easy and joyful money flow. That's what you want. Consistent is a good word to put in there also, right? And then you say, I am that because literally, guys, as quickly as I can explain this, your thoughts and your brain and your heart are electrical. That's why when they do a a physical health test on either one of them, they use electroencephalograms and electroencardiograms. So every time you think a thought or have a feeling, it's literally an electrical signal, like a radio, like the old-fashioned radio, that you are sending out to the universe. So if you want more money, you've got to find that signal within you, tune yourself in, Feel the love and the joy around it and send that out to the universe and then the money can find you. Mm. And I'm telling awesome. you, I've changed my whole financial life around. I mean, you can tell everybody listening, you're a producer in this business. You know, if you're a, an older woman, it's so much harder to work in this business and there's not very much. Well, I don't have any of that experience in my life because I don't want to create that. So I always know that I'm in demand. I always know that people respond to me in my work. I attract the people who want me and want to hire me and do hire me and pay me well. And that's why I'm saying you find the, that light frequency within you of what you want and expand that and literally what you want will come to you. So you, so really just pinpoint if, if it's too convoluted or it's all over the place, if you want too many things, is it just focus on one or is it? No, just play- focus on everything you want. Look, everybody just sit down and make a list. I want this. I want this. I want this. I want this. And then right next to it, say, I have this. I have this. I have this. I have this. Or I am this is the highest thing. I literally am money. I am health and wellness. Um, And I can give everybody a great exercise. I'm telling you, this turned my health around. This turned my financial world around. You, I teach everybody to find a love place, Joe. And it's so easy. Whatever you think of that automatically opens your heart and makes you smile. For me, it's my doggy. As soon as I think of my little freedom, I I get a smile on my face. See, I laugh. My heart opens. It can be a beautiful place in nature. It can be a little baby. Um, So everybody finds their love place, and you drop into your heart, and you feel your love place. All you have to do is think of what it is you've chosen, right? And then you go, okay, and you look at your list and go, Wow, money. Money feels like this. Hmm. Money feels like love. Wow, what else do I want? Health and wellness. Yeah, it feels like love. And I am health and wellness. And I am money. So 
you go to your love place, you take a deep breath into the count of three or four with a smile on your face as you exhale, you claim whatever it is on your list. So you say, I am money. Take another deep breath. As you exhale with a smile on your face, I am money. So that you really are teaching your brain that you are literally the creation of money. It's not outside of you. Everything starts within you. Everything. And that money equals love and feeling great because you're brain has connected the need for money with not feeling great. And that's not ever going to attract more money to you. Mm. It, it really is brain science. I teach it a lot uh, in the beginning stages through the guise of spirituality. But I'm telling you, religion, spirituality, brain science, they're all saying the same thing. The Bible says, think only on these things. Love and joy and and compassion. Why? Because what you think about, you create more of. So I think Christ was teaching brain science. Of course, they didn't even know what a brain was back then. So he was teaching it in, in the only ways that people back then could understand it. But ultimately, everything that's in there, you can explain through brain science and spirituality too. Wow. So how, where, so let's tell everybody where they can find, uh, like on your website, where they find information if they want to do this remotely or whatever with you. Yeah, I do five or six sessions over the phone every day from all over the world. And if you just, there's a lot of free stuff um, on my website, I am, A-M, I am dwallace.com. Uh, there's a and your great Instagram is, your Instagram is the D Wallace. So that's the D E E W A L L A C E. Yeah. And Twitter is D underscore Wallace. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, there's an amazing free webinar on the coronavirus with the channel. Uh, it's an hour webinar that you can access right now. There's a great webinar we just did on stress. A um, lot of free stuff if you want to start learning some of this really empowering work. And then, of course, I have three horror films coming out. <laughs> so part of me, you know, the, one half of me does horror and, and thrillers. And, well, I do a lot of Hallmark and Lifetime, you know, stuff. I have a lot of Christmas movies on. But I spend a lot of my time doing horror and the other part of my time healing people from fear <laughs> oh my gosh it's that, it's fun life i live <laughs> that is hysterical now you uh you mentioned your doggy but and you have a beautiful daughter gabby gabrielle right and yes gabrielle stone yeah if you, if you haven't gotten her book you guys say the book yeah oh it's so amazing if you want to know how to repair yourself after loss or abandonment or anytime you've got screwed over pick up eat pray hashtag fml you can get it on amazon uh 
It is and at Gabrielle Stone on Gabrielle Stone. Yeah. How about this? In our real in our talk right now, I was like, let me go to her, you know, let me go to Dee's Instagram to make sure because I, I know I follow Gab Gabrielle's um Instagram, that's how I knew about the book. And then I think I just saw like uh, Tori Spelling was reading the book or something she posted. Which yeah, is yeah, but, it's uh, getting a lot of hype. Uh, there's interest in uh, making it into maybe a series, a limited series. So, that's amazing. but it's, it's just, it's fun, it's sexy, it's a quick read. Um, it's for every age and every sex, and it's it'll really help you figure out how to get on the track of loving yourself and giving you what you want. Now, does she partake, like, does she partake in the healing and everything as well? Is that where some of this came from? Well, you know, she was raised with it, Joe. She's learned it all her life. Uh, She is also a channel. She would never come out and say that she is, but she is. And um, so uh, I was very interested to see how she took everything that she's been taught in her life and applied it to her own plight after this divorce and this energetic rape she went through. You and went through divorce t- or you did? She did, honey. Oh. Well, I have too, but oh yeah, that's what prompted the book is this horrible divorce and abandonment we found out that he had been having an affair with a 19 year old one year after they had been married he'd been doing this for six months Ugh! give me his name i'll go key his car yeah i i i I, well we just go back to love joe we just go back to love but anyway who out there listening hasn't ever been abandoned screwed over you know, treated unjustly. That's the whole point. You got to let go of that story. You so got to let go of the story and start writing the story you want. Yeah, go ahead. So what do you say? Because that is, it's interesting that you say that because I'm actually, I'm myself, I'm going through after seven years, we broke up February 1st. Oh, um, I'm sorry, sweetheart. No, no, Read no. the book. It'll help sorry you. Sorry is not the word you're looking for. Congratulations is the word you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, I know. So, um, because I actually have trained my brain, you know, I mean, you go through sort of the grieving period and everything. And then I trained my brain to say, oh, this is what I wanted. This is what I chose. This is what, um, and it is going to be better for me, but it is tough in times. So I don't know how Gabrielle got through it. Maybe you got through it. Um, I, for me, I do only focus on my work, my, um, what's my creativity, what does, like you said, does bring a smile to my face. So it's interesting that you do say that because I work with a lot of kids now um, and in my acting studios and things, and I, um, that brings me joy. So I focus more on that and I don't have that idle mind because the idle mind is the devil's workshop. So what do you say to somebody that maybe it doesn't have uh, something to sort of latch on to, to focus on? I would say to them that maybe perhaps they're using that as an excuse. Mm. And as long as they're using that as an excuse, they're telling themselves, I can't, I don't know how, and their brain will never find it for them then. They will never be open to the possibility of what they can do to rebirth themselves, basically. So uh, I... I direct 
my energy and this is what I teach to get up every morning in this day-to-day, I know. That's the most important claim you can make. I know. And I am clear. And I love myself today. And I am successful and healthy and flowing money into my life today. Wow. I am supported by all energy on, you know, because again, guys, energy has to be directed. If it is not directed by you consciously, it will be directed by MSN and Fox News and all the fear that's out there. Right. Now, you call them affirmations? Well, they're way more than affirmations, Joe. They're affirmations or statements. Yeah. When you consciously know that you literally are the power that creates yourself in your life, along, of course, with working with the power of all energy, some people call it God, some people call it divine love, Trekkies call it the force, it doesn't really matter what you call it, but when you truly know that it all starts with you, your whole world starts turning around. It's mm, powerful. And again, yeah, it it's brain science. And again, we've been hearing it in movies forever. Peter Pan, think happy thoughts and you fly. Yeah. The Wizard of Oz, you had the power all along, Dorothy. Yeah. E.T., keep your heart open, you go home, right? We've, uh, uh, the little shop of hordes, you know, if somebody had ignored the plant and not fed it, AKA not thought about it, not focused on it, the damn plant would have died. and Nobody would have gotten eaten. Right. right. <laughs> it's the truth. It really is. My gosh. Tell me, tell me, tell us a little bit about the, um, hor- um, we're all, cause we're almost done, but uh, horror films, uh, what's coming out? When is it coming out? Where can they see it? Well, God knows with everything going on right now, because everything's on hold. A wonderful little horror sci-fi combination film called Await the Dawn. Gabrielle is also in it. Um, Really interesting, uh, interesting take on horror and sci-fi. Is that Um, the first time you guys work together? Oh, no, no. No, no, we've, I think that's maybe the fourth time now, oh, you know, cool. she directed me in her short f- uh, film after Emma, which is winning a lot of awards. It was her second short film. Cool. Uh, then I just did fanboy 13, which is already got a lot of hype on the internet with Deborah Voorhees. She directed it. And, um, and then I did uh, a little horror film back East called the bewailing which is an insect-driven story. That's Uh all I'll say about it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Totally different characters. Um, But, you know, Joe, I I didn't go looking for horror films. Um, Yeah. They kind of found me very early, but they really... Well, Cujo was right after E.T., wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, guys, some, I mean, you know, it's funny you mentioned radio the other day because the frequency and stuff. And I, I mean, the other day, just a little bit ago. And I, I was thinking to myself, you know, a lot of people that listen to this are probably like, what the hell's a radio? I'm telling you this. People don't know, like, especially young kids. They just are like certain things they don't know. But 
Cujo, you guys, is a movie that I'm telling you, and I'm going to curse right now, it fucked me up as a kid. So, because... <laughs> well, I because, did my job then. <laughs> you did, you did, because this dog was nuts. And I, for the longest time, I swear, we had a dog when I was younger, and I was like... I was like afraid to go out in the living room by myself and like. Oh, it, I'm it sorry was, about that. No, don't be sorry. It did its job. I laugh about it now, you know, because you think about it, like you saw gremlins or something too. Were you ever afraid just to like a hug a stuffed animal or a little bear or whatever a koala or something like? Because that's what they looked like. But it did. It was like, guys, it's this crazy movie about this rabid dog. Um, so you got, that's something that you can uh, go and try to check out too. Oh, that's a good movie to rent right now. It yeah. really, it really, really holds up. Let me tell you, that movie just about killed me. Hardest oh. thing I ever did in my entire career. Why was it working with the dog or what? Well, honey, your whole the whole movie you're in fight or flight. Yeah, you're screaming and you're running and, and yeah, and you're working yeah. with a six year old kid and a dog. Yeah. So yeah. whenever they Whenever they work, they print it. So you've got to be on all the time. Yeah. And totally blew out my adrenals. I, I'm still on adrenal supplements from doing that movie. And, wow. it, you know, it was, but it's also, Joe, my favorite film. I look at it and I go, well, I went as far as I could go as an actress, as honestly as I could get there. And for me, um, that's what acting's all about. What? So that's a great, um, almost, we're almost out of time, but what, what's some advice that you can give to young actors or what's something that maybe you were told early on? I know you mentioned your mentor or the, or the gentleman that sat down with you in New York, but what's something that you can- Be yourself. I don't know why it is, but actors, especially actors that are starting out, think that they want you to be something different than who you are. Yeah. And they're looking for you to bring in your uniqueness through the role. Yep. So be brave in going in there for yourself and owning the part because, you know, and the, again, back to brain science, there's an old saying, Joe, that you get the part as soon as you walk in the room before you even audition. Yeah. And that's because, and they, the Army has proven this scientifically, energy gets to a room before you ever walk in. So whatever frame of mind you're in, whatever you're thinking, whatever your thought processes are, um, However sure of yourself you are when you walk into that room has gotten to the room before you've even walked in. Wow. Yeah. So the more you own you and, and trust you, and of course, the best way to do that is go to a great class so and that you prepared. can, yeah, so that you can yeah. see, I nail a scene every week. I know what I'm doing. I can the more you build up that muscle of your own knowing, the more successful you are. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Amazing advice. Well, and I love the business, Joe, because a lot well, of us love acting. Too, uh, uh, yeah. Well, they, uh, you know, and a lot of times when I work with kids, it's like, are you doing it? And I say to the kids, I said, look, and I, as a, if I do a seminar or something, I say, look, parents, I'm going to talk to your kids first and I'm going to ask them, are you being forced to be here? I said, I'm going to tell you something right now. Your kids will rat you out. 
they will say, no, I don't want to be here. I want to be playing basketball. I want to be playing. I want to be cheerleading or whatever. And if that's, those are the things that they want to do, don't force them to do it. You know, yeah, won't, won't ever work. No, it'll and, come out. But for those of us that are grown up, a lot of us love the acting, but we hate dealing with the business and what you hate, you push away from yourself. So yeah. find a way to find that frequency within you that loves work in the business because then you get to do what you love. Yeah. Well, I love it. Let's go. It's imdwallace.com, right? Yep. imdwallace.com. Go find out all, all about her, um, her healing and all the work that she does. And um, you're amazing. I'm so sad that I'm not seeing you in person. But when oh, me too, oh, Joe. But let's make a plan. As soon as we, this all dies down, we'll we'll sure. get together and have a coffee. Okay. For sure, for sure. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you, D Wallace. Um, and until next time, guys, subscribe, like, and we will see you next time. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, and you can follow me at Joe underscore Lorenzo on Twitter and Instagram.